those, those missed opportunities are not things to, uh, to destroy. They're opportunities to take you to the levels you cannot attain on your own. Because where sin is, what? Grace abounds all the more. And so I've been, one of the things that we've been doing, in fact, we started last week on this whole thing about, about operating as sons, and, and that's all about inheritance. And last week, we really, the reason why we're reversing the service, let me just put this little commercial in there, is because of Romans chapter 8, verse 14, the characteristic of a son or daughter of God is to be led of the Spirit. And if we're not training our body to be led of the Spirit, then what are we doing? And so that's why we're reversing orders of service to just give us more opportunity to be learn to be led of the Spirit in all that we're doing. But back in the inheritance thing, you know, I, I love, one of the parts about being in business and being in ministry has many drawbacks. Um, one is time and many different conflicts that's going on in your head all the time. One of the craziest moments I ever had was as I was in a counseling session over in that nursing mother's room in a deliverance session, casting demons out of this person, and all of a sudden I get a phone call from this lawyer on this thing that I needed to talk to. I had been getting trying to touch with him, and he was trying to get in touch with me, and I had to talk to him. And so I had to pause the counseling session to come step outside the door and talk to the lawyer. And I remember feeling like when I step into the situation with the lawyer, I go, do I cast him out or what? You know, I mean, to rebuke him or what? You know, those thoughts crossed my mind. But, but in the flip side, a lot of times about business kind of, uh, there's inspirations in it. Especially when I get a chance to run across uh, men and women of, that are business people that are people of honor and integrity and you see them operating in that and, and it generates success. And I was reading some testimonies of like J.C. Penney, the, the heritage that he left. And the interesting thing about J.C. Penney, in fact, I'll, in fact I'll, I'll mention him in a second, there's some really big things about him and inheritance. But the other one is that W.H. Uh, Kerr, the bottles, the, the canning jars. I know it's not a big dent now. Mason jars and that whole thing. That guy was such a crazy man of God with an heritage and inheritance on him. In fact, like in 1906 when the earthquake occurred in San Francisco and the subsequent effect of the earthquake was is a, a fire swept through the city just wiping the city out. And they had a major manufacturing facility in, uh, in San Francisco and he was back east somewhere. I can't remember where it was. And the report was coming out of there that a fire was sweeping the city and his, his manufacturing plant was in the middle of it. And they're going, everything's lost. And he's going, the promises of God are true. If the promises of God are not true and they fail, then God, is, God cannot fail. He will not fail. Paraphrase of the things. He's saying the factory will be okay. But they're going, it's not possible. And so, because his, the manufacturing plant was wood, the fence around the buildings was or wood, and I think they had a big fuel tanks in there. And I mean, we're talking about earthquake and then a massive fire that sweeps in the city. So he caught a train and going out to, to find out what had happened, and they're telling him it's, it's, it's destroyed. People are quitting on his company back in the east because they think he's crazy because he's believing God. And he gets out there. The interesting thing, he gets out there in the block, one block, his block was not touched. In fact, the wooden fence around his building was not even scorched. 
And he, and he kept quoting. He was a man of intense tithing. And he kept quoting the Malachi passage that the devourer will not come near you. And he kept quoting that and claiming it. And guess what? God did it. But in that, I've mentioned J.C. Penney. There's a thing about inheritance and the riches of it. It's interesting to me that you know who worked for J.C. Penney? Sam Walton. And it is very interesting to me that if, the, you know, J.C. Penney in the years subsequent has had a down, major downturn. And then out of that, Sam Walton came out of J.C. Penney. In fact, J.C. Penney himself trained Sam Walton like how to wrap packages. And so, but it's interesting to me that Walmart's done this. And the question I had when I was reading the testimony of the two, did Sam Walton have the inheritance of J.C. Penney? Not, not, in the, not in the physical. I'm talking about in the spirit. And we'll see about that. Because one of the things is, in understanding, to be honest with you, about riches in the kingdom of God, is understanding the principle of inheritance. In fact, I want to—I make this declaration that we're rich. Well, let's look at this declaration over us as sons and daughters of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor, so that, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. So guess what? Y'all, speak this. Would you repeat this after me? I am, I am rich. rich. Well, now be careful as we say that. You know that that word has, can, you can apply it to many different things. I, I always want to think that right off the bat. Is I, I want to think about uh, uh, the movie It's a Wonderful Life. You know, with Jimmy Stewart in the last scene where his brother comes in there and makes a toast to his brother says, to my brother George Bailey, the richest man in town. And so at that place, there was a revelation, a realization that rich had different meanings. You know, he wasn't like Mr. Potter, but however, there were some things in that. So first off, though, I do not want to discredit what it doesn't mean. So I just ask you as we talk about this today to put down our preconceived notions of what being rich really is. And but, uh, but I want you to receive this, that riches does correlate to inheritance. That being rich is being an heir. Either way. And so there's some things that God is telling us in this. I want you to go to the next passage of Scripture and notice this. This one passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 is so massive. It's so massive. And I want you to catch this. And and we're starting off in 114. 1.13 says this, that where it says, after listening to the message of the gospel of salvation, having also believed, you're sealed in him, in Christ, with the Holy Spirit of promise. And it picks this up, the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given to us as a pledge of his inheritance. So, see, look at this. So he's given to us as a pledge of his inheritance. And then, with a view to the redemption of God's own possession. Well, if you notice, God's own there is italicized, so that tells you it's an interpretation. If you pick up a New King James or a King James, God was not in there. 
with the view to a possession to the praise of his glory. You know what I believe that is? And I'll show at the end of the service, you'll see why, why I'm saying this is true. That the Holy Spirit in you is a pledge from God. And one of the functions of the Holy Spirit is a pledge for us, for us to catch a view of our inheritance. Because this is a prayer. What's this? The Holy Spirit, making mention of you in my prayers, Paul's saying this, and you can see where the dot dots, that's where I, I skipped, uh, pulled out the past scripture for Paul. What Paul will do is he'll start preaching about other things. And so I go, okay, well, let's so put it all in trail here. For this reason, for this reason, uh, for this reason, okay, the Holy Spirit's in us as a pledge of an inheritance. And watch this. For this reason, making mention of my prayers, what? What's he praying for? That you will know, and there's three things that it's crucial that Paul is praying that we know. That you will know the hope of his calling. Notice the big one here that we're talking about today. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in, but literally can say, among the saints. That you and I would know. I was, you know, last week I shared with you about the, the realization that, about the lottery, I, I don't play the lottery and I don't espouse them, don't encourage people to do the lottery. But it was an interesting thing to me that CNN reported that over $2 billion a year in lottery winnings go unclaimed. Well, in, two, in 2016 or 15, over 114 people who had won $1 million plus did not claim the million dollar earnings that they had. And also, another article I was reading that over, what was it, $50 billion? I can't remember what the exact number was. Unreal amount of money goes unclaimed in, in inheritance. So it's being passed on. People inherit things they don't know they have inherited. So why am I teaching this today? You're rich. We're rich. Question is, do we know we got? My son did, grandma. Do we know we had an inheritance? Do you know that you're rich? Are you living in poverty and really reality is God going, what are you doing now? Why are you doing that? And I, I'll say this, if you're living in poverty, whether spiritually or physically, the reality is it may be, one, because you don't know what you have, but the other thing is you don't understand the principle of an inheritance. In fact, you know what's happening in our society today is all about let's do it our own thing. And so we don't understand it. And uh, in fact, there's a past scripture in your notes that I have not put on the board, Colossians 1.27, and how it talks about how God willed to make known the riches. Inheritance and riches are interchanged in the New Testament. It has willed to make known to us the riches that are to us in Christ Jesus. This inheritance, it is God's will for you and I to know. He's not trying to hide it. He's going to know it. So anyway, if we're going to talk about inheritance, one thing that's very, very important for us to understand, the spheres that inheritance can, that would involve you, that may, may involve you. 
Because notice this, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Oh, that's powerful, isn't it? A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And the wealth of the sinners is stored up for the righteous. <laughs> I claim that in Jesus' name. This piece of land that we bought out in Giles County on the other end of the county, um, in, you know, we're putting in this... Uh, Kairos Campground. It's a place for Kairos has to do with memorable moments, and the whole thing is about creating a family-friendly environment where people can experience memorable, positive, memorable moments in the midst of God's creation. And we've got 1,500 acres out there. And what had happened in the 90s, this piece of property was bought out of a person in Florida who turned out to be a drug dealer. But what he did, he's put over a million-plus dollars in this land of putting in like 40 miles of horseback riding trails put in a three-story hotel and put in a 50-unit Harvey campground with water and electrical and all this kind of stuff. And guess what? He got, gotten, he, he got killed in a motorcycle wreck and his son got caught for dealing drugs. And, and guess what? The wealth of the sinners is laid up for the righteous. We'll take it. So claim it. It's part of our inheritance. And so, but a good man, God, our Heavenly Father, is a good man. He is a good God, and he leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And we could talk about that. Okay, so let's look at this. Look at the spheres of it. First thing is I want you to catch is there's, there's a physical inheritance. Like when Dad died, there was an inheritance that came down to, to, to me and, and to Bud's kids. And so house and wealth are an inheritance from, our, from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. That's cool. That's an inheritance. Thank you, Jesus, for following. Spiritual ministry inheritance. This is a big one, and understand, and there's much that we can say about that, and there's a lot to be said. But it's like with Elijah and Elisha. When, the, when they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elijah, Ask what I shall do for you, because I am taking from you, before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And then, so it happened when Elisha told him, he says, if, you, if you're with me when I go up, then it will be. And, Elijah, and there's all a lot we can say about, say about uh, a ministry inheritance. And, uh, and God has spoken to me some things about that. But, but it's interesting is that uh, ministry inheritance will be a double portion. It's to me, Bill Johnson. What you know what Bill Johnson functions in? Bethel functions in now? Is an inheritance. Bill Johnson did not start Bethel. I think it was his, if I'm not mistaken, it might be Bill Johnson's grandfather started Bethel. And it's passed on. And, and so what you're doing is double portioning it. And all of a sudden, look at the effect. Uh, one of the interesting one to me, I don't know whether. I don't know, I'm not, I'm not going to try to dictate your belief about something, but Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, uh, when his dad died, that church was 8,000 members, and, and he was just operating for 17 years, was just operating in the film office. Never, never once spoke up front. And guess what? His father goes on to be with Jesus. He steps into the inheritance of his father. And guess what? Now the church is over 20,000 people. And Joel Osteen's affecting people in the world that his father never even come close to. Double portion. I could go on down the line in situations where you see 
an inheritance in ministry, inheritance in relationship to the physical, to understand it. But what we're really focusing today on is the inheritance that is given to us, what I call, go to the next slide please, which I call the spiritual heavenly inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. Now it is important for us to how to operate in, in inheritance in the physical and also in relationship to uh, spiritual ministry inheritance. It is very, very important. And one day, maybe somehow or another, we'll talk about that. Because I'll be honest with you, I'll say this. I know a lot now that I wish I knew two years ago. And it really breaks my heart that I did not understand that. And also affects me financially. And there's, you know, my desire is, is that many of you would not have to go through the same thing that I had gone, gone through. So, but anyway, let's talk about this spiritual heavenly inheritance. Now, I commend you to God and the word of his grace was able to build you up and give you inheritance among all those who were sanctified. This, this spiritual inheritance, and best I can tell, is broken down into two categories. The spiritual inheritance, notice in Ephesians 1.3. Remember I said inheritance and, ble and blessing and, and riches are interchangeable terms. And it says, go to the next slide, please. In Ephesians 1.3, it says this. For you know that, well, I'm sorry. For you know the grace of our, how did I do that? I get this mixed up. Yep, I think I skipped over. Ephesians, go to the next slide, Kim. I think I somehow, yeah, I skipped over. One more slide. Yep, messed up. Ephesians 1.3 says that you and I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So when we're talking about the riches of Christ, one facet of it is, y'all, the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And I'm not specifically not going into those today because I could teach for two hours about these spiritual blessings just on the spiritual blessing side that have given to us, that we're rich, we've been blessed with not some or a part, but with what? Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But then you'll catch here these, these spiritual heavenly blessings also have physical manifestations in this earth. And therefore, go to the next slide, Tim. Notice this. For though the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. Well, go to the next chapter. This is all in the same context. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Our God is able to make all grace abound to you that you may have in a, what? Having all sufficiency... That always, having all sufficiency, you may have an abundance for every good deed. Now, that's talking about earthly, physical manifest, I mean, uh, resources. God's desire for us, this inheritance we have, is massive. In fact, the book of Mark talks about, you know, the disciples asked Jesus, I don't have this pat, uh, slide for it, but the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, we've left farms, we've left families, we've left this to follow you. And Jesus says to him, he said, I can't remember exact wording, but he says this, if you've left these things for me, you will receive many times as much in this age and the age to come, along with persecution. I don't know why he threw that in there, but, but he did throw that in there. But he says, not only in this age, but the age to come. You know, I look back in our life, in Paul and I's life, 
all the things that Paula has left, you know, women have a really, really important part in the home, and in one of the very most crucial part in the home, but really as far as security in the family, and I, I look back at all the different times that she felt like she had security in, in a place, and all of a sudden we're going, well, God's saying let's move. I think we've moved 20-something times, and uh, 20, might be close to 30. Mitch has helped on most of those, and so you can probably sue me for this back surgery you <laughs> had. But anyway, I just think about the times like I remember one time, we're, here we are, we have this townhouse in Blacksburg, and Paula's loving it. That's her. I was, I was, it was driving me nuts. But she's just loving it. And all of a sudden, God tells us to move from there into a, you know, into a 1989 Oakwood mobile home that where the floors in the bedroom would sag if you walked on it and you're praying during the night that the bed would not fall through the floor and end up on the ground underneath. That the smell of mildew would swing up through the church and Paula would keep confessing to herself, I mean, through the floor of the house. And I never forget one time I was, uh, went to the Philippines on a ministry thing and I opened my suitcase and all the smell of mildew that was in her house came out. I'd go, oh, man. And, uh, but I think about that and Paula just constantly going, God's faithful. God's faithful. And, and believing God, that God, you don't give up just for God. God goes, I got a bigger bucket than you do. This is the inheritance that's in Christ. So when we're talking about this spiritual, heavenly inheritance, yeah, to have their spiritual blessings, but I believe these things manifest in the physical, and it's God's heart. Now, and, you know, Riches and blessings can be a whole lot more than finances. In fact, they are a whole lot more than finances. Like I said, the George Bailey effect. And so make sure that I'm, you make sure you're hearing the totality of what I'm saying. But I, the other thing that's important for you to catch is this inheritance of ours can be, and notice some things I want you to catch about this. Go to the next slide, Tim. First thing is, this is spiritual inheritance that we have from God or any, spirit, any inheritance can be neglected and given away. Remember Esau and Jacob? Esau is so hungry that he gives away, or I feel like, gives away his inheritance for food because a need in him was so manifested in his life that he forsakes his inheritance. You know, I watch... You know, I watch a lot of people give away inheritance, spiritual inheritances, whether ministry inheritance, spiritual ministry inheritances, or inheritances in Christ Jesus, all because either soulish needs or physical needs are manifesting in their lives too mightily. Like a, like a, a person who's craving relationship, or craving a, a spousal relationship. And they so much just get in this place of need that they lose sight that God has before them a call of God in their life and they're more worried about getting married than they are grabbing what God has for them, a heritage from heaven. For they, so they forsake, they sell it out for a relationship. You know, and, and I don't, marriage is awesome. But Paul is a fellow of the grace of life to me. 
But it's interesting to me that a physical relationship, a marriage relationship, is the only major thing in our lives that's not eternal. Paul and I will not be married in, in heaven. And so many times what happens is, is people, whether it's or a job or something ever or whatever, what happens is a need can happen is that you forsake inheritance that God has for us. You know? And so, or, or it can be squandered. Do you remember the prodigal son? who He comes to his dad and says, let me have my portion of the estate. And you take it out, he goes out, and he blows it with it says this in an American standard, loose living, but it literally means without salvation. And so, literally, how many inheritances do we have in Christ Jesus that God gives us, the, the riches that he may give us that we squander? Or, or just deal with this, just think about this. If somebody gets an inheritance, one of the first things they'll do is, what can they, what can they buy? Rather than going and saying, okay, everything that you've got is a seed for the next, next generation. And that's like when the things that came down from dad, I, I tried to take everything in relationship to it and invest it toward the next generation. Oh, I bought a truck, a 2013 truck, because my car was not working out in the woods, so I had to feel like I needed a truck rather than a car. You know, a Toyota Avalon doesn't do good in mud. I found that out. So, so but... But it's not. It's the reality is that this inheritance can be squandered. Or also never received or walk in what I call the prodigal son who stayed home. You know, there were two prodigal sons. The one who stayed home was just as much a prodigal as the one who left. And so, you know, he, his father says to him, all that I have is yours. And you're not walking in it. And I just want to say to you, how many of us in this room, how many of us in this room are not walking in the inheritance which we have in Christ Jesus? And how you can tell whether you are or not? Down inside, do you believe you're poor or not? Down here. Down here. Do you see yourself lacking? I don't mean that's just physically either. Poor in relationship, poor in, in, in resources, poor in abilities. You know, whatever it may be. But it can be never received and walked in. Go to the next one. But I will say this. This is the exciting part. This inheritance can be received and walked in because why? Paul says, my God shall what? Supply all your needs what? According to his what? Riches and glory. Check, switch it out according to the inheritance which is in Christ Jesus. Or 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Go to the next one. Slide. 1 Timothy 6, 17. I'm sorry, 1 Timothy 6, 17. Instruct those who are rich in this world not to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. We've got an inheritance. Are we... Are we Neglecting it? Are we giving it away out of a need, a soulish need or something, or a physical need? Are we squandering it? Chasing something that the world may want for us? Or have we ever received it and walked in it? Or I just call us into this, y'all, this belief for this, that every one of us in this room, in fact, if we're good, that we will receive the inheritances we have from God. 
and walk in them. So anyway, so what's the process of this inheritance? What is the process? And we're not going to go into details, we're going to stop at one spot. Because I have what I have not talked about are the, the, the I have not even talked about the details of the things that have been given to us in Christ Jesus, and there's a reason for that. I have not talked about, we're not going to talk about those today. We're not going into the details of how you receive the inheritance from God. It's another time. We're just going to take this foundational process. Because notice why the process is important. An inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. I sat with a young man and a woman just this last week, and they're talking about, I just want to step into the ministry that God's God for me. I just want, literally, he's talking about an inheritance of ministry, and I'm going, you're asking about the wrong question. You're asking about the wrong question. The question you need to be focusing on. What's the process? What's it about? And not your inheritance. Because some of the biggest mistakes that I made in relationship to dad, because I, I believe I honored dad in relationship to him being my father and me being his son. I believe that with all my heart. The regrets are not in that. The regret, regrets were in operating in business with him for 30-some, 40-something years. Him being 92 years old, and you know what happens when somebody gets to be like 92? Their ability to think and process was not like it was when he was at 85. And he would get confused and stuff like that. But it was not a question about whether he got confused or not. The question was in the spiritual realm was how I was going to respond to him and honor him. From the heart. I did it externally, but I, what I did not do was from the heart. And those things make a difference. I did not understand the process. So it's not about, many times it's not about the inheritance, the, the object of the inheritance. It's about the process, the journey of the inheritance. It's more important than anything. Because what can happen is, is that inheritance can be blessed. Like it was for Elisha. When he came, the inheritance came from Elijah to Elisha, it became a what? Double portion. And that's why I like, I, I believe this within my heart, down inside. That's why J.C. Penney, I believe, had an inheritance of, in the retail industry. And it was coming down, and you watch Sam Walton. Sam Walton, in his early days, and a man I don't know later on, but he operated as a man of integrity and character and hard work. And he got a, a double, 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 double portion. <laughs> So let's go on. What's this foundational process? Well, the first foundational process that occurred that affects us is this. Go to the next slide. In John chapter, John chapter 13, verse 3, and also 335, Jesus says the Father loves the Son and gives all things into his hands. Jesus hadn't died. The Father hadn't died, but God the Father says, I give you the inheritance. Just like the prodigal son who left, I give you the inheritance. And Jesus had the thing. He could have squandered. I believe the prodigal son is a type. There's a type there. The son received the inheritance of the prodigal son. He went out and spent it. Do you know what the prodigal son did? 
the prodigal son, oh no, no, not the prodigal son, the son who receives the inheritance of the father, he receives everything. Well, guess what he did? Go to the next slide. The glory which you have given me, I give to them. Wow. Jesus turns around. He receives an inheritance from the Father. He turns around and gives it to us. The ones that are screwed up. The ones that are, each of us turned to our own way. But Jesus turns around and gives us his inheritance. He was rich. He became poor for us. How did he go from rich to how did he go from rich to poor? Guess what? He went from rich to poor in what he did. What he, what he did? He gave it to us. He gave everything to us. Well, that's powerful. And I wrote some passages of scripture at the bottom of that same statement there in your notes that we don't have the slide for if you want to look at it a little bit more in depth later. Because the powerful thing was Jesus turns around and gives you an inheritance to us. This is before the cross, y'all. He gives the inheritance before the cross. Then he dies, which legally transfers an estate. That's in, that's in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. When he died, the legal transference of the inheritance for us was transferred. Then all of a sudden, when he gets raised from the dead, and he shows back up, and he goes, okay, you guys, now it's your turn to share it with me. Because I'm going to receive honor and glory because I redeemed you. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. He's raised up. And guess what? There's a facet in it. He's participating with us because he gave it all to us. It's crazy in depth in this thing. But then guess what? It was given to us. And so what did God do? Ephesians 1, 14. Who has, turns around and gives us the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? The voice of this world can be sometimes very, very loud. So God says, I am going to send my spirit and I am going to place him in you. And he's going to declare, he's going to be a pledge to you that you have an inheritance in heaven. Y'all, that's not just for the hereafter. I don't have time to go on that right now. Well, I'm going to go into it in just a second. It is for, there is a thing for hereafter, but guess what? Just Ben and I were talking about today, you and I can live in the, out of the age to come. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. You can live out of the age to come. Very powerful statement. You and I can live in that. And God is giving your Holy Spirit as a pledge, saying, you know, a down payment. And notice what else he does. Notice what the Holy Spirit in us does. Go to the next slide. Guess what? When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and what? Disclose it. Notice this. He's not giving it to you. He's what? disclosing it. He's revealing it to you. He's unveiling it. You mean, I've got that? You got that? Wow. You know, notice what he says. Therefore, I said he takes of mine and will disclose it, reveal it to you. Because Jesus legally gave it. 
when the Holy Spirit's to give, Jesus had it. And he gave it, and the Holy Spirit's revealing it. One of the functions of the pledge that is in you is to unveil to you and I all that God has given us in Christ Jesus. Notice the next slide. Notice this in, in is that the last slide, Kim? In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, in your verse Bible there, it talks about, eye has not seen, ear has not heard all that God has prepared for those who love him. And then right after that it says, for he has revealed that to us through his spirit. Now I'm going to stop today, and I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Why would I stop here? Why would I stop here? Now, we're in, in, the, in the weeks to come, we will go into the specifics of how God releases an inheritance in us. But you know one thing that God never does? He does not impart to us until we, he knows, until we know we need it. Until we want it. Remember like with Adam and Eve? God didn't give to Eve. He did not give Eve to Adam until Adam goes... There was not a corresponding part found for him. Then God gave him Eve. He let him name all the animals, and in the, in the back of his mind, he's looking for the corresponding part, but it was not found. Then God gave him Eve. What, I, what we're wanting to settle in here this morning is, y'all, you and I, every person in this room that knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior, has the spirit of the living God in them, in you. He is a pledge of your inheritance. He is also the one who is revealing and opening up to you the inheritance that you have in Christ Jesus. And I, I, what God has spoken this morning, you and I have to take ownership of looking for the inheritance. Like, for example, uh, if, uh, if all of a sudden somebody said to Mitch, you are on the estate, say Bill Gates died. God forbid, I don't want to speak that. But say he, somebody like as rich as him died, and all of a sudden Mitch catches word that he's on the will. <laughs> Along with the coupons in his wallet. There would be a copy of that will. And Mitch would know to the letter what is his. Well, I just declared to us, no, I haven't. The Word of God has declared to us that we're rich. He said that you're rich. Well, does your heart come in line with that? Does... And y'all, if your heart will come in line with it, you know what will happen? Your life will come in line with it. Your heart, what you believe in your heart will always precede what will manifest in the physical. As a man thinks in his heart, what? So he is. So God's calling us this morning to receive the reality of the truth that we have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the good news. Lord, it is really, really good news that you set us free from the penalty of sin, 
by the shedding of your blood. Lord, it is really good news that you've allowed us to be born again. Lord, taking on a new nature, because if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. It is really, really good news that, Lord, that when we enter, we can enter into your death and your burial through water baptism, Lord, and, and because he who died is freed from sin. Lord, for the reality that I don't have to die to sin, you already died for me, and I just need to receive what you have done. Lord, it is really, really good news to me that you have given me the mind of Christ. And the Lord, it takes that I can release this mind which is hostile to you in all the ways of the Spirit. Lord, I can release that and receive the mind of Christ taking on. That is so good news, Lord, that you have, you have done to set us free from the effects of sin. But Lord, just putting, thanking you for the work of the cross, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus, it is so beautiful and it's so awesome. But Lord, you, Jesus, have not only that, you have given us an inheritance. And Lord God, you're calling us into the reality of it. You're calling us to know the reality of you and the riches of your grace. Lord, there are certain areas in my life, Lord, that have been living in poverty and living like an orphan. And Lord God, you're revealing and calling me out of those things. That I'm living like a slave. And Lord, you're calling me out of them. And Lord, I believe there's other brothers and sisters in this place just like me. And God, you're calling us out. Just not so much out of, you're calling us out of sin, but Lord, you're also, you're calling us into the riches of your grace. You're calling us into the, the vastness of, of rich in relationships, rich in and, and being able to prosper in everything that we do, God. And Lord, to enjoy life. Wow. So Lord, I just, we just want to come time now and just declare, Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way.